Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Frederick County Weekend Sports Show here on 930 WFMD. I'm Steve Nibbs, and along with Tim Abercrombie, are very oh, excited to welcome our guest today, a gentleman that really needs no introduction if you've been listening to Maryland football or basketball here in the last decades, and that's Mr. Johnny Holiday. And, Johnny, we certainly appreciate your time. I know how busy you are. Thank you for giving us a few moments today. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on with you guys. I really appreciate it, and I look forward to it. Indeed. So we look back in your career, John, and, and uh, you started out as a disc jockey. You started out in radio in that uh, arena. When was the, the light bulb moment for you as to I'm going to you know broadcast and be a play-by-play guy for sports? Uh, I think probably back uh, during my disc jockey days in Cleveland, uh, I would spot the Cleveland Browns for the opposition's radio. So I spotted for Chris Schenkel when the New York Giants came to town. I spotted for Ray Scott when the Green Bay Packers came to town. I spotted for a guy named Frank Lieber, who was the play-by-play voice of the Dallas Cowboys. He also did CBS games on the weekend after he gave up the Cowboys. And I was his spotter. And I was so impressed with the way he did the games. He let the games come to him. He was only excited when it, when it was necessary to be excited. Right. A lot of these guys today are a little bit over the top, my opinion, anyhow. Right. He let, the, he let the game dictate exactly how he would broadcast. And I put in the back of my mind, I said, you know something, if I ever get the chance to do play-by-play, I would like to do it like Frank Lieber. And unfortunately, I guess maybe probably 15 years ago, he was a runner. And after he ran some kind of a marathon, I think he had a heart attack and he died. And he he was just a legendary voice and the nicest, sweetest man for the Dallas Cowboys. That had to be in the early 60s, back in 62, 63. I took over the Browns' public address announcing uh, in 63 and 64. So it might have been even before then, but I I think that was probably the time that the the light bulb went on, that if I can do it, I'd like to do it like Frank Lieber. Well, you certainly have done that for sure, Johnny. Maybe not as good as Frank, but I've I've gotten through a lot of years. Yes, you have. Yes, sir. Johnny, I I look at your resume, and it's uh, astounding the places you've been, and you've done so many different things that – People who follow University of Maryland sports uh, aren't even aware, probably. You've been a disc jockey, an actor, a sportscaster for so many different teams in sports. Uh, a really dazzling resume, if you will. i got to ask you, um, have you ever worked a day in your life? Uh, no, I have not. I have, I've, got, I, I've got the best job in the world with the best seat in the house. Indeed. For basketball, I'm on the floor right there at center court. Mm-hmm. In football, I'm at the 50-yard line up in the press box. I get to eat the free food. I get to drink the free drinks. I, I, I get to interact with young student-athletes. Uh, it, it's just kind of like a dream come true. I don't think I've ever, uh, you know, you ask about working a day in your life. I don't think I ever have. I don't consider it, I don't consider it a job, and I think the longer you're in it, uh, the better you get. You have more experience. You, you've gone through almost every conceivable situation. 
and it's it, it's like driving the car. It's like second nature to you. I would have never thought that when I got to start. And I started way back in 1956. You can do the math. Yes, 60, sir. <laughs> you know, 67 years ago. A long time. I was 18 years old. And I never, ever thought I'd be still doing it right now when I'm 45 years old. That's exactly. I was just going to say, you know, hey, you're 40. I thought you were 45, Johnny. That, that, yeah, good. 45, 46. Yes, yeah. Well, you see, you say you get better as the longer you do it. There's hope for me and Steve yet. Uh, oh, 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 I think, oh, I think so. Yeah, don't give up. Believe me. <laughs> don't ever give up. Okay. <laughs> uh, th- I appreciate that, Johnny. Um, you, you know what I? You know what I tell? I tell young people that want to do what I'm doing. I say, if you really think you can, then you can. If you have any doubt in your mind that you can't succeed. And you may not be able to be a good play-by-play guy. You may not be able to uh, be a good studio host on television. Whatever the situation is, you're never going to make it. But I never, ever thought anything I was after, anything I was going to do, that I wasn't going to be able to succeed at it. Uh, When when theater came along, I've done all these musicals and so forth. Oh, I could do that. When the Olympics came along, here I am covering sports. I never covered my life. I never did. I never did a minor league baseball game. The first game I ever did play by play was the ACC championship in Greenville, South Carolina. It was a weekend of Saturday and Sunday. The Saturday game, my analyst was Terry Gannon from ABC oh, yeah. Sports. Now, right. The next day it was Larry. Uh, he played at uh, Larry. He played at the University of Kentucky. Basket. So two basketball players, Larry Conley. Oh, okay. my analyst, and and for the baseball games, and so the second or the third game I ever did was the Orioles at Cleveland. I never did a minor league game. You talk about luck (laughs) in the right place at the right time. Yes, sir. It's it's, and I tell young people if you really have a desire to do something, and and you want to do it bad enough, don't ever think you can't succeed because you can. Believe me. If I can do it, anybody can do it. Uh, John, you certainly have proven that. As you look back over the 50-plus years you've been in the business and everything that you have done, what have you learned about Johnny Holiday? I've learned probably how lucky I am, number one, to be doing something that I really enjoy, and number two, to be able to do something that's a variety of assignments, no matter what it's been, that a lot of guys would probably just give their left arm for. And I've been able to do all these things. And when you look back at at my education, all I have is a high school diploma. I never went to college. My parents had no money. It was very, very tough growing up in Florida, in Miami. And if you want to pick up a copy of my autobiography, it is available. It's called From Rock Rock to Jock. You can get it on Amazon. And they're all used copies because there are no more new new copies. And it's a whole journey of where I started, where I wound up, and all the roadblocks that I encountered and how I did this, how I did that. And there's a lot of luck involved, guys, I, I think, anyhow. It's not so much as how good you are as it is the situation, the timing, and who gives you the opportunity. And if somebody opens the door for you, 
you got to be able to close it behind you and continue on. You either make it or you, or you don't make it. But I think there's so much luck, so much in timing, and uh, I, 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 I can't put a – I don't think I can put a price tag on how lucky – and I really emphasize the word lucky that I've been in a career that started in 1956, and it's still going on now. Well, John, there was a plan in place, and, and that's certainly uh, what has taken place for you. That's for sure. Well, you know, you know what I wanted to do? I wanted to be the Tom Dickman of the era. I wanted to coach. Okay. I wanted okay. to teach. I wanted to be with young people. We had great coaches in high school, and uh, – at my high school in North Miami and, and down in Florida, uh, we were the first graduating class. And my baseball coach, Jack Clark, was a real role model for us. All the guys that played baseball, he was also our defensive backfield coach in football. And I wanted to be like Coach Clark because he wore the khaki pants, <laughs> the white T-shirt with a whistle around his neck, yep. a baseball cap, mm-hmm. and Chuck Taylor... Chuck Taylor, low-cut Converse All-Star. There you go. That's exactly what I saw, too, John, and my, yeah. my coaches. So yep. I wanted, this, this is what I, I wanted to do that, but, of course, I didn't, I didn't have the degree. So when I got my first job at radio, I said I could always go back someday and get it. But I never did because I kept going up the ladder. And had I gone to college, I probably wouldn't be where I am today, I don't no, think. No. But I, I think that's one of the fortunate – Either the fortunate or unfortunate things that I went through, all three of my girls have their degrees. They're all doing extremely well. But uh, I've, been, I've been one of the lucky ones to be able to do things without a college degree. Indeed. And I, t- I tell kids all the time, don't think it's the end of the world if you can't go to school after high school. Uh, some people are cut out for it. Some are not. But don't let it uh, you know, destroy your confidence. And don't let it uh, deviate you from going ahead and making something of yourself and, uh, and and being successful. You can do it. Yeah, Johnny, you made a good point or, earlier. You know, you're talking about the luck involved, but I think it was one thing that you you didn't have any fear of taking a chance, and I think that's a another point to make with, to young people, not being afraid to take those chances in uh, life as they come along. And uh, you you explained that very well. I think when you take the, the chances that I took, I mean, I took a lot of chances. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it would take almost an entire show to talk about <laughs> the various roadblocks. I mean, I, I can give you a couple of examples that uh, I got an assignment once from Home Team Sports, and they called and said, "You've done uh, you've done gymnastics, haven't you?" And I said, "Oh yeah, I've done. Oh yeah, sure, yeah." I had never even seen a gymnastics event. I had no idea what, what I was in for. Well, we've got this thing down in Haines City, Florida, at the Greenleaf Resort. Mm-hmm. We're going to go down there. You take your golf clubs, because it's a golf course as well. We'll have a rehearsal on uh, Friday, a rehearsal on Saturday. We'll tape the Saturday show, and uh, you'll be out of there on Sunday. So I go down. I don't know anything about gymnastics, but I've got two experts with me. One's the former coach at Stanford. One is a former coach at Oklahoma. One's a guy, one's a girl. So my job is to, to lead them through the gymnastics competition. So after we do the show, we get through it okay. I know for sure 
it's the only time I'm, I was ever going to do gymnastics. They would, it would never call me back again. There's, there's no way. There's no way they're going to call me back. The next year, and these two people both realize immediately, this guy knows nothing about gymnastics. But I set him up. Right. They're the experts. The next year, the phone rings and says, "We'd like to speak to Mister Gymnastics." Oh, I said, "You got him. You got him." So for 10 straight years, I went down to Florida and did that event without knowing a thing about gymnastics. At the Olympics for, for ABC in Sarajevo, my assignment is women's figure skating with Carol Heist Jenkins, right. who was the gold yes. medalist for the United States back in the early 60s. Right. I don't know anything about, about women's figure skating, but she taught me enough that she... T- and she would point to a yellow pad, and she wrote down triple axle, sal chow, all these different terminology things you use for uh, for figure skating. So I would be – the studio would throw it to me. Fred Manfred is in the studio, the former Orioles play-by-play guy. Mm-hmm. He's the host in the studio. He said, let's go to Skandaria, Johnny Holiday and Caroline Jenkins with an update <laughs> on women's figure skating. Fred, thank you very much. And she's pointing to uh, – Nancy Kerrigan. I said, you know something, uh, Carol? I really think the United States has a chance to take that gold medal home with Nancy Kerrigan on the ice tonight. And she's pointing to Nancy Kerrigan's name. Then she points to Sal Chow. And I said, because I think Nancy is going to ace it in the Sal Chow. And she says, Johnny, you're exactly correct. I think the United States has got a blah, blah, blah. Back to you, Fred. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Teamwork. I don't that's know nice. anything about figure skating. Just, just lead the way, John. That's exactly right. Well, how about this one? My boss at the Olympics in Los Angeles says to me, uh, we've got the boxing match coming up, and we'd like to have – you've done play-by-play. By, uh, yes, yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Never. <laughs> I had never I'd gone to, I'd gone to fights with my father to watch guys like Willie Pep and Carmen Basilio and Joe Lewis and all those guys when they would come to Miami. My dad was a boxing fan and, and, a, and a good boxer himself, so I knew something about boxing, but I'd never done a match. My analyst is Ken Norton, the former heavyweight oh, champion. Why? Wow. So we did Olympic boxing on ABC Radio, oh. and I never did it before in my life. So wow. it can be done. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Hey, John, uh, um, what is your opinion of uh, what is going on in collegiate athletics right now uh, with the transfer portal, the NIL money? Uh, what do you think about that? Is it going to help or hurt co- collegiate athletics? Well, it's obviously going to help the teams. Uh, I think the problem with, with the, uh, the transfer portal is there's no – I mean, there's no loyalty whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can be bought. One school can buy you away from another school. Yeah. And you're, t- you're taking a chance by leaving a very comfortable situation where you are to go somewhere else. It may work out. For some, it may not work out. Uh, I take a look at Angel Reese, for example, from Maryland. Correct. Yeah. For some reason, she wasn't happy in Maryland. She goes to LSU and becomes an All-American. It worked for her. Mm-hmm. And she made a lot of money in the, in the NIL. Her brother decides to stay at Maryland. He's getting better, but he's not getting anywhere the kind of, of uh, remuneration that she's getting at LSU. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, the thing that concerns me about the NIL stuff is 
okay, so the big-time names on the team are going to get paid a hefty amount. How about the guy who's number 9 or number 10, 11, or 12 on the roster of a basketball team who works his tail off to make the other guys better every day in practice, and he's getting Zippo. He's getting nothing. Yeah, that's there's got to be some kind of a resentment or jealousy along the way. Uh, if I'm a player, why aren't I getting something? And I would rather have it equal for everybody, which is not going to happen. Uh, it it would have happened by now, but that would have been something that you make everybody happy, give everybody the same thing, and everybody in that team feels important instead of the marquee guy who's going to get all the money and all the recognition. And the transfer portal, uh, it, it certainly helped Maryland last year with Jameer Young coming in and Don Carey coming in from Georgetown. And uh, we'll probably get a couple of more guys this year for foot for a basketball. Uh, so it, it does help the teams. But as far as the coach is concerned, you're not, you're not sure who's going to be here next year. Yeah, as a, you know, some, with coaching, school, it's yeah, just... Some, yeah, some school can come along and say, okay, uh, we can offer you more than you're getting. Boy, he's gone. Yeah. Then what do you do? Then you go back to the portal again. Yes. So yeah. I think it's got it's got its pros and it's got its cons. Yeah, and when you're coaching, uh, you know, it's hard enough as recruiting is already, and then to add that to the mix really, really makes it. Oh, oh, absolutely. And the thing is, the thing that kind of disturbs me or, or is bothersome is the fact that there's no – the fans usually could lock onto a guy as a freshman and, and he stays for a sophomore, junior and senior year. And you get to know him, you get to respect the kid, you get to, you know, cheer for him all the time. And you know, exactly everybody on the team. Now you don't know from year to year, who's going to be around. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's the same thing in the major league. Look at the Washington nationals now. I mean, when, when Ray Knight and I did those post-game and pre-game shows on television, it was the same guys every single year with maybe a newcomer coming in, a rookie here or a rookie there. But there was always the Ian Desmond. There was always the Danny Espinosa. There was always the Bryce Harper. There was always, you know, Max Scherzer and Craig Stammen and all those, Drew Storer and all the guys that you could really attach to. And now... I, I can't tell you five guys in the, on the ball club on the roster. Yeah, I have no idea who they are. Yeah, so, but that's 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 just me though. <laughs> well, you've been <laughs> doing this for so long, John. I certainly respect how you feel about things that are going on in athletics now. As you know, uh, this goes time goes by extremely quick, and we're running low on time, un- unfortunately, because I could. We could speak to you all evening long, and I know you would accommodate that because you enjoy uh, talking uh, sports, and you have for over 50 years. So we need to wind down and say thank you very much for you taking time with us uh, today. Uh, you, you've been an, an inspiration for a number of people, myself included. I've been hammering away here at WFMD as a play-by-play guy, and learning all the time, listening to you certainly helps, but we certainly appreciate you taking the time today to to be with us. Well, it's my pleasure. And, and play-by-play, if you're, if you're learning from me, you may be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
you better you better start learning from somebody else. But Steve and Tim, thank you for having me on with you guys. Any time at all, just give me a call. It'd be my pleasure. It well, certainly was ours, John. And thank you again. You've been listening to the Frederick County Weekend Sports Show here on 930 WFMD. For Tim Abercrombie, I'm Steve Nibbs, and we'll see you next week. Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at WFMD.com. Time out. All right. Remember, we're a team that plays together. Listen, the winning will take care of itself. We just have to get everyone involved. In interscholastic sports, we celebrate what makes every one of us unique. And in the pursuit of a common goal, everyone in the huddle, in the bleachers, and in the community comes together. This message presented by the MPSSAA and the Maryland State Athletic Directors Association. News Radio 930. WFMD Frederick. A connoisseur media radio station. 12 o'clock.